namo myoho renge kyo namo myoho renge kyo namo myoho renge kyo. Hi, how are you? Thank you for being here. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for your support. Takes a few seconds, like and subscribe. The main purpose of those two clicks and the notifications, if you if it helps you, um, it helps YouTube decide. Well, people want to see these videos, so it makes the resource here more uh, how to say it connected. More people can find it. it. Might come up in their search, right? So it's a form of propagation. So. Congratulations, it's a Bodhisattva act. Thank you for doing that. Uh, of course, lots of other ways to support this effort. The, the, uh, uh, this, the podcast, the website, the bookstore, the mandala store, all of it is supported by your effort, your donations, your buying books, so on and so on. All the links are below. You know how it's done. Patrons, obviously, you know, and uh, universally worthy Bodhisattvas, all of you, right? So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to continue. I'm reading from um, my latest effort to um, transcribe this Lotus Sutra with as little cultural and religious biases as can be, trying to get rid of all of that. It's in every translation and it gets in the way and heavily annotated. And that's how we're going to do today's video. I'm simply going to read the annotation to the end of Chapter 1 of the Prologue, the uh, Innumerable Meanings Sutra. <clears throat> As the prologue, and this is italicized in, all in parentheses here, this is my annotation. As the prologue, Innumerable Meanings, to the Lotus Sutra collection of teachings, and as it's this first chapter, we will see the main features of the lotus represented in a bare-bones fashion without tremendous detail. Like a movie trailer, high points and featured moments are given for provoking thoughts and interest in the whole of the text. Remember, the Lotus Sutra is a, quite a paradigm shift. For uh, over 40 years, the Shakyamuni was teaching a two people's capacity the Lotus Sutra is, uh, okay, gloves are off. This is, this is how I did it. This is how all people now and in the future can directly experience Buddhaness. So uh, you've, you've got your high school diploma. <laughs> you've got your uh, bachelor's degree. You've got your associate's degree. You've got your master's degree. Now it's time to get to business. Now it's time to actually do it. That's the Lotus Sutra. It's kind of an ultimatum. So it's no wonder that there's so many chapters, the prologue as well as the early chapters of the Lotus, spend a lot of time doing this conversion work. Not so necessary for us. We have the capacity. This is our time, right? The bodhisattvas of the earth. So, you know, try to avoid feeling... I know when I first read the Lotus Sutra, I thought, man, this thing is repetitive. But take the full breadth of the Lotus Sutra into consideration and then put it in a historical context. It works better that way. Instead of slogging through it like every chapter is a chapter in your math uh, uh, textbook in high school or whatever, right? 
It doesn't, it doesn't build the same way. It just has a, a singular kind of a, a shift that has to happen. And uh, he's shifting people who've been studying with him for some 40 years. So there's some consideration for that. And so the innumerable meanings kind of sets you up. It says, this is what you're going to learn now. And uh, I would imagine a lot of people just from this prologue sutra alone were quite challenged. <laughs> but anyway, let me go on with uh, my annotations here. Uh, high points and featured moments are given for provoking thoughts and interest in the whole of the text. The Lotus Sutra represents a tectonic shift in the history of what many would uh, term the mainstream practice of the Sharvaka, Pratyagabuddha, the three lower vehicles, right? Or lesser vehicles. Monks working toward the early idea of Nirvana, which the Lotus Sutra upturns and says, mm, that's not really Nirvana. You misunderstand. It's a false Nirvana. It's a Nirvana I felt kind of forced to give you a goal of because you guys were cheaping out. You were getting lazy. You were starting to get complacent. Like you're never going to get there. And that's kind of the attitude of all the the Arhats, the, the most accomplished Sravakas, right? And the Pratagabuddhas kind of took this attitude. Well, all I can do is stop my earthly cravings and clingings, and that's the best I can do in this life. Buddhahood is some far-off mystical thing. And it was convenient to think that way because they were raised in cultures of reincarnation and afterlife. And that's just malarkey to Buddhist thought, real Buddhist thought. That's just wrong. I mean, Buddhism was emerged in Siddhartha's effort to figure out how everyone could live this life to the full. Not some other life, this life, right now. So the idea that you'd have to wait multiple lifetimes, is where'd that come from? Not from Shakyamuni. He used the language of that, and as far as we can tell from the translations, but we don't know that those translations are accurate. We know that the meaning is accurate, that underneath all of that rhetoric, Shakyamuni was saying the same thing all along. Read the Four Noble Truths, one of the earliest teachings. There's no mention of multiple lifetimes in that. In fact, the Fourth Noble Truth says if you want to get there, you have to follow the Noble Eightfold Path. And the Noble Eightfold Path is all about how you live this life. There's no discussion of future lifetimes. Oh, but everybody was happy to impose it on that, right? The fullest accomplishment for these monks for many decades was the achievement of an arahant or an arhat that this Lotus Sutra is preparing to expose as false and incomplete. Yeah, no more kidding around. The early chapters of the Lotus will work diligently to solidify confidence for this new ultimate teaching of the Lotus Bodhisattva. To quell feelings of betrayal or rebuke that might arise, because people don't like to be shown they're wrong. This icon uh, ironically both presages and makes the news to come even more momentous. 
As the lotus progresses toward its middle chapters, parables and used uh, parables are used to demonstrate the need at the time for a teaching goal that continued to inspire the student monks while easing the formidable goal of Buddhahood with a more easily attainable goal of nirvana in this life. One nagging reality of this was due to the cultural DNA of reincarnation and multitudinous lifetimes. This is, of course, not Buddhism. Buddhism is all about living this current life fully and to do this while awakening full and complete Buddhahood. Also termed Anuttara Samyak Sambolai, right? As the lotus moves into its central chapters, the use of parable, but also direct confrontation, as with Shariputra, work to destroy this early impression of nirvana as a false and temporary goal to usage to assuage, I think it should say usage, I'll have to look that up, the doubts and keep motivated the monks with inadequate resolve or lack of determination. Everyone gets excited and prepare to receive this new ultimate teaching as the lotus passes through its center chapters, which are the firm ground of Nichiren's doctrine is, is pinned on these chapters. Nichiren's scholarship reaches far beyond the lotus, to be sure, but in their implementation for our latter age of the Dharma and its realization. But the investigations and theories of Zhiyi, Zhanran, and Saicho Dengyo are foundational for Nichiren. As the text, uh, as the next two chapters of this prologue will introduce us to this Lotus Sutra, we begin to see that the title of this sutra is actually an epitaph for the Lotus teaching itself. Didn't expect that, did you? Yeah, I think it becomes evident as you read this prologue that it is a, it, although it is named as a separate sutra, the innumerable meaning sutra, it, it really is just another way of saying the Lotus Sutra because the Lotus Sutra has innumerable meanings depending on the mind that perceives it. We'll see that happen, and, and uh, before I start the next chapter, I, I will point out something I didn't put in that preface, although I will mention it later. This, this paradigm shift, we, we, we are given this in the first few chapters when Shariputra is <clears throat> a little bit confused about what's going on, what Shakyamuni is actually saying. And uh, there's, there's a quote uh, from... Uh, several chapters, and actually from this innumerable sutra, innumerable meaning sutra that Nichiren uses, where uh, Shakyamuni says to Shariputra, uh, there are not three vehicles. What? There, much less are there two. There is only one vehicle, this great vehicle. And that's all in this prologue in this innumerable meaning sutra. So why do so many groups leave it out? Why not practice the full Lotus Sutra, the threefold Lotus Sutra? Threefold because of the prologue, the Lotus Sutra proper, and the epilogue. The three acts of the sutra, 
right? This goes back. In the West, we have the same thing. Aristotle, the form of a play, the form of a, of a story, and a prologue, the story, an epilogue. The, the, you could you call them different things. You can call them an ovation or a preparatory or an introduction, the meat of the lesson, and the lesson encapsulated. The epilogue. What do we learn from this? What's the moral? What's the point? Hmm? Why only teach the center? Uh, to be sure, it's valuable. But is it, doesn't it lack for a prologue and epilogue? I think the Threefold Lotus Sutra is the way to study the Lotus Sutra. So, this is why I provide it in my book as one whole. I'm not the only one who's done this. Uh, as you've seen and I've read from the, uh, is it the Risho Kosekai? They also um, study the threefold Lotus Sutra. That's how I started in this practice. Um, much to the chagrin of the organizations I looked for companionship with you know we, we like other people uh to be around but unfortunately organize organizations whether they're sanctioned within the order or outside of it as a lay organization um organizations have the their first order of business is the organization and how to make the organization grow succeed that's their first order of business but as Buddhists, as Bodhisattva, as Lotus Bodhisattva Buddhists, our first order of business is enlightenment and engaging others to aspire to the same goal. That's the only order of business. That's the business of the practice. Right? Not membership and all of the rest. All of that, if it happens, wonderful. But that's not the first order of business. Just as I am proud to say that we have a Sangha that is worldwide. Yeah, you guys are all over the planet. From Australia to Canada, Taiwan to, to, to China, to Hawaii, to Canada. to We're all over the place. That's so awesome. At times it feels so large, I don't understand how to embrace the whole thing. And ultimately, I just feel a tremendous amount of gratitude. So again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. Keep your practice strong. Take care of your health. Next up will be chapter two. And... Um, Please feel free to comment on the on these videos. Let me know what you think. Um, maybe there's an insight that I've missed that you'd like to hear me talk about. Um, yeah, I just love hearing from you guys. I read every email, every comment. And if the emails are more genial for you, then by all means, TLKSylvain at Gmail, yeah? All right, I'm going to let you go. Thank you again for listening, for your practice, and your support. I'm Omiyo Renge Kyo. 
will see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thank you.